likes to take naps here? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You're my kind of people here. Hey, it, I'm so excited to be here this morning. And to be honest, I'm a little bit exhausted. I've had a, this month has just been crazy for me. I haven't really taken the time to stop and rest, which is very, very ironic that today's sermon is about Sabbath today. And I'll tell you what, it has been so convicting in my life. And, and it's so weird to preach on something that I don't normally do. But that's, it's not about me. It's about what Scripture says. And so today I'm going to be talking about Sabbath and what it means to have rhythms of rest. For the last several weeks, Pastor has been talking about slowing down. And he's talked about finding quiet. And so he said, David, I'm going to be gone. Uh, I'm going to take some time off. I said, go for it. And he said, I want you to preach about the Sabbath. And I said, okay. And uh, to be honest, this is such a great sermon. Well, the, the concept of a Sabbath is so great and so in-depth that it should really, in reality, be split up in two parts. But today I'm going to try my best to, to, to kind of go through this. And like I was saying, Pastor had been talking about slowing down in our, in our world of fast pace, uh, things in our world, external noise and internal noise. And he talked about finding quiet. And uh, one of those things of, of of, of our life as a human person, as, a, as in the human condition, we often have something called relentless work. Anybody experience that? Relentless work? It just keeps going. It doesn't stop. And sometimes it's overwhelming. And we go through a period of fatigue. And you're tired. And, and you may be running on empty. A lot of college students, you know that finals week is you run on empty a little bit, right? Everything, you try to get your assignments done before finals week and you feel rushed and you're a little bit too busy and sometimes what ends up happening is because we live in in this culture we often kind of go a little bit too tired and it starts to affect us you know if we don't take a nap or eat a snack or something we end up getting what grumpy and bitter and probably a little bit hangry anybody been hangry in here yeah, I always said, uh, well, learning in, in marriage, you know, uh, a snack is probably a great thing to start before you kind of hash out your argument, you know, make, making sure you guys eat a snack before you guys sit down and get on the same page a little bit. But it's this idea of we, we live in a culture of, of restlessness. It's, it kind of gets the best of us and it occupies our mind. And one of the things that was very convicting that Pastor said last week was, there's external noise of, you know, the world going on, politics, even, even finances or what the future is going to look like in this country and all of this stuff. And then we, we get to our bed and, and we quiet the external noise. And all of a sudden, what happens? What becomes more prominent? It's the internal noise that comes and rushes our, our minds. And, and man, when he said, do you ever just lay back and right before bed and you think about, what if I were to lose this person in my life? And all of a sudden, those thoughts come in and the noise comes in. What do I have to do tomorrow or next week? Or what do I have to accomplish before the month? And this is the type of things that he's been talking about the last two weeks. So how do we muster up the, the courage to slow down? And how do we find this peace and quiet? So today is a little bit more of a practical sermon of how to do those things, how to slow down, how to find quiet. And today we're going to be talking about the Sabbath. 
It's the rhythms of rest. It's a way that God has given us, humans with limitations, gives us a way to live. And if we are to fall underneath the authority of Jesus, if we are to follow Jesus, then we have to be able to take the rest that he gives us. And I'll kind of go over this in a little bit. But in Matthew chapter 11, we see that, that Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weak and weary, those who are heavy burdened. Take my yoke, for it is easy, and my burden is light. And the, the, the idea of a yoke is a very ancient um, idea of, of uh, a yoke is a device, it's, a, it's an equipment that, that was put on oxen to plow the fields so that they can plant uh, crops. And this idea of a yoke is, is a, it's a two-part yoke. So it goes on one oxen, and then it's connected to the second oxen. And it, it, it's helped to plow the fields so that they can crop. And, uh, and Jesus is saying, take my yoke. Take my mold, my way of living, my way of resting, and I promise you, you will live a better life. And so this rhythm of rest, it should be integrated in our life. This is a type of rest that looks different than anything that our world can even, uh, uh, you know, agree on. And sometimes it's very different to what we live right now. This is a spiritual uh, discipline that we don't often talk about. And when Jesus said the Sabbath was meant for the people not the people who work for the Sabbath. I think he really, he's really trying to tell us something. That we are to work from our rest and not work for our rest. He's turning this idea around. Again, we are to work from our rest and not work for our rest. So what does the Bible have to say about the Sabbath? And this is what we're going to be talking about um, and, and uh, looking into the story of creation and then going through the, the time period where the Israelites were in the wilderness and so what does this look like in Scripture? Where do we get this idea of Sabbath? So we're going to go ahead and talk about this. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 2, starting on verse 2. Genesis chapter 2. And as you turn there, I'll just tell you a little bit. This is the story of creation. That God has created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he completed his work. He stopped. He rested he took a step back and enjoyed what he had created. So again, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, it says this, By the seventh day God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, you, for who you are and Lord, thank you because uh, you have made us to, to have limits for a reason. Uh, and understanding the, those limits is, is one step forward of, of depending on you, Father. I, you do this so that we look to you when we're weak and we're weary and we're heavy burdened. Lord, I pray that today you may teach us about what it means to follow you and practice what this means to have a rhythms of rest. Teach us, Father. Um, humble us. And uh, we pray this in your name. Amen. So uh, let's break down this verse here. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. It says, on the seventh day. The seventh day is a day that God had celebrated. He blessed this day, and this day was different from the rest of the six days. 
And if you, if you have it in your bulletin, I want you to underline the seventh day. I want you to underline that. And if we keep going, it says that God finished. Underline God finished. That means he completed the work that he had done in six days. And if you are like an artist or a painter or a songwriter, you know that when you're done with the song, you're done with the song. When you're finished with your masterpiece, you're finished with your masterpiece. Uh, let, let me do something more relatable. Anybody, you know, drink coffee, right? When you get done with your coffee, you're done with your coffee. You don't work on this day. This is what the Bible is saying, that God didn't try to work on the seventh day. I want you to keep going. It says he rested, underlined he rested. God took a step back. He admired what he had created. He smiled, and he called it very good. He had rested. Then God blessed it and made it holy. Underline those words there. He blessed it and made it holy. God made this day different than the rest. That's what it means to to be holy, right? Holy means to be set apart. God set apart this day different from the six days of rest. This was a day that God was reaping in the blessings of creation. This was a day of celebration. And if you kind of think about it logically, it says God blessed this day because he rested. It's only a blessing if we are to rest. Uh, If we are going to follow Jesus, if we are going to, to live in the way that he has commanded us to live, to pay attention to the things that God is doing in our life, we must rest. So if, if we continue on this story, this is where the Sabbath originates from, the day of rest. It originates from the story of creation. And if we keep going, we know the story. God made male and female, and he, he made humankind. And somehow along the way, sin came into the world, and, and, and it started to disrupt things. We were enslaved by sin and brokenness and darkness. And many, many years later, we run into a story where the Israelites, the people of God, God's people, was enslaved by the Egyptians. So if you have your Bible, let's just kind of move forward to Exodus chapter 20, excuse me, Exodus chapter 20, starting on verse 8. And in this story of Moses, we, it's a very famous story. We know that God sends Moses to go and free the people from the Egyptians. And they are underneath this oppressive rule of Pharaoh. And what ends up happening is they, they've been enslaved to do laborious work. And God sends Moses to go and free the people from this work. And he takes them through the Red Sea. And now they're in the wilderness. And God promises them the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land of rest. But in this time of 40 years, God gives them a way to live. And he gives them the Ten Commandments here. The Ten Commandments is God saying, this is the way that I want you to live. And so if we read in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, it says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male or female servant nor your animals or any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. We can see that this command here was given to the Israelites, and it's rooted back to creation, where God rested on the seventh day. This is the Sabbath day. So let's break this verse down real quick like we did in Genesis, where you see the Sabbath day. I want you to underline that. If you're taking notes, underline that. Sabbath, translated in the Hebrew, it means Shabbat. Have you guys, any, any, anybody heard Shabbat before? Maybe? Maybe? Some of you? And Shabbat, what it, what it means literally, it means to stop. Shabbat means to stop. This is the day that they devoted themselves to stopping and dedicating that day to the Lord. This is a day that they were able to be still and know that I am God, right? We know this verse. Psalm 46.10, to be still and know that I am God. This is a day that the people of God had to be still and recognize who's in control. As we, if we keep reading, it says, remember the Sabbath day. Underline remember. This word remember is uh, another way to explain this is to observe, to practice, to live this way, to remember, to know that all that God has done. And for six days, underline six days, we are to work hard. We are to work well. We are to be diligent in our work. But on the seventh day, underline seventh day again, we dedicate our stopping to remembering the Lord. This is what Sabbath lit- literally means. And God rested. I want you to underline God rested. These are some good, good highlight key words in this verse. God rested. If God rested, so should we. This is what the command is about. That Because God did this, we should follow in this practice. This is a day of a blessing, and it will be different than any other of the days. On this day, we rest. And you know what's funny? It, 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 we're, we're kind of far removed from the, from the Jewish culture of, of doing things. Sabbath is kind of weird for us because we don't really, it's, it's a very strange concept for us. But uh, let's, if we were to step in the shoes of, of a Jewish person, there's a lot of symbolism here. On the, seventh, the, the, on the seventh day, what they think about the number seven is it signifies, it symbolizes a day of completion, right? It takes it back to God completing his work of creation. And for, if you're a Jewish person, you know that every week is Shabbat. Every week is Sabbath. It's a time where you get to stop from your work from probably Friday from 6 p.m. to Saturday the next day from 6 p.m. It's a 24-hour period that you don't work, and you feast. And again, the, the number seven is very special to them. And so for every seven years, they actually take a break from harvesting the land. They allow the land to regain its nutrients, and they let it let it to replenish itself before they start again. For, so for on the seventh day, that's what they do. And for every seven times seven years, this is called the year of Jubilee. This is 40, the 49th year, what they do is they actually, if you've owed any money, that is the year that you are all forgiven from it. It's a really interesting concept of what it means to reset, to replenish and they understand that. But for us, we, we don't, it's, it's foreign to us. It's very strange to think about it this way. But they took it very seriously. And the, the human condition, and I know some of you guys are here this morning. I feel the same way about this study. 
is I kind of start arguing about it, you know. Like, there's, there's no way I can stop. There's no way I can stop working. And we, if we kind of get to the root of why we feel that way, I, I think for some of us, um, we may actually feel guilt and, and shame. We talked about the external noise and the internal noise. And, and for some of us, we'd rather trade we would rather have the external noise than actually have the internal noise. We want to shut our brains down by actually being distracted by the outside world. Because we know if we, if we shut down the outside world, the, we, the external noise, we start to kind of face some of the truth of who we are. And, and maybe the lies that we have been told. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe, maybe I, I'm not that great. Um, I'm weak. I'm weary. And if you're like me, I, I actually feel guilty if I stop. Anybody in here like that? If you, if you stop and you don't do anything, you feel kind of guilty about it. And you feel it's, it's abnormal, it's, not weir- it's weird, it's not right. And, and you have to remember in this story, again, the Israelites were enslaved for many, many years by the Egyptians doing laborious work. The idea was lit- literally ingrained in them for a generation and God had bestowed a command to stop. He had to. Some of us have personalities, right? Uh, our personalities, we, we, we like to achieve. We're, I like tasks personally myself. If I, if, I, if I don't have a list of things that I have to do, then my, my day is just wonkers, right? I, maybe you, it's your personality or, or maybe it's some bad habits you've done. That you, you haven't stopped for so long that if you were to stop, it just feels so wrong to stop. Or, or maybe you were raised this way. Maybe you were in that generation that where if you told your parents you were bored, they would put you to work. And all of a sudden, this, is, this idea of work has, has become an idol in our life that we don't really realize. We, we feel, I think... For me, I've become a workaholic, and I start making ultimatums. If I don't do this in this time frame, the sun will not rise. And you know that's not true, but you kind of convince yourself of this. And, and the real effects, it, it, logically speaking, if you were driving a car for really fast for a long time, you know that after a while the car will end up breaking down. Or if you're an endurance runner, and you're, you're running a race, you, do, you know you don't start the race with a sprint for a marathon. You're not sprinting the whole time as you're running a marathon. You take your pace. You, you take your time. And, and God has designed us with limits, with boundaries. We are people with limits. And God is trying to tell us something with our limits. And I was just talking to a good friend of mine this morning about this. And and the verse came to me when he was saying these exact things that, that we're utterly designed to depend on God. And this verse is, is in Corinthians and God talks to, to Paul and he says, My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Isn't that crazy? Just accepting that we are limited beings. And the body can only go so far. If you really think about it, uh, Pete Scazzaro, the, the, the author of Emotionally Healthy Church, what 
pastor has been inspired by and what I've been inspired by through this sermon series. He's, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's a pro at this. But he says that the body is not a minor prophet, it's a major prophet. And it's trying to tell you something, something that's going on. God speaks to us by our limitations. So how, what, what can we learn from Genesis and Exodus? And just like the last two sermons um, pastor preached, he said, if we are to pay attention to the Holy Spirit, then we must stop. If we are to pay attention to the Holy Spirit, we must stop. And, and what does this actually mean? I started thinking about this a little bit more. To stop means to physically rest. The physical, you focus on your physical health by stopping. And we must sit still underneath the authority of Jesus so that he can speak to us. We can quiet the noise. Yes, we, we got to work hard for six days, but now stop working. It's a practical thing of, of uh, and as a, if you're like a practical person like me where I just need, I just need something to do this week. This, this might be a good one, but stop any paid or unpaid work. Stop any paid or unpaid work. That could include going to the grocery store or doing laundries or, or laundries uh, or paying bills or running errands. or that, that can include all of this. But this is a practice that helps us recognize that we have to let go of the illusion that if we don't do this, fill in the blank, this will happen. And this day could be different for you. I mean, most of you guys, uh, well, it just depends on what day you work and you don't work. Maybe it's a Monday, maybe it's a Tuesday, maybe it's a Sunday or a Saturday. But you devote your time to stopping. And this is, this is hard for us. And I'm telling you, I, I already feel I'm arguing with it already. But I know some of y'all are arguing with this idea of stopping. And, and this stopping, it, it's an intentional stop. We do this for a reason because if we keep going, we will break down. And this is a reality. We have to humble ourselves in this way. We're not invincible. And we end up believing that our life ends up being work. And that's not true. Our life isn't work. It's part of our life, but it isn't everything about our life. And that's the first thing that we must do. We must stop. The second thing that we must do in order to pay attention to the Holy Spirit is that we must rest. We must rest. Started thinking a little bit. This probably means a mental health, mental rest, that we need to stop and we, we need to unplug from our work. What better way of doing that than by engaging in, the, in activities that restore and replenish you as a person? Man, this looks like napping, as we talked about last week. This looks like probably hiking, if you like hiking, reading. If you're like me, I love food. I just, I'm a, like anything that is freshly cooked, I'm all for it. It's just eating great food. Just unplug. If you like cooking, man, go for it. Playing sports or your hobbies. This is the day that you get to enjoy the day for once, right? What is something that you enjoy? Do things that fill you up, that makes you unplug from your work. If you're like me, again, I love my work, <laughs> right? I love what I do, but sometimes I need to unplug. 
I need to unplug from what I do and just get away. Get away. And how do we do this practically? And I'm still learning how to do this. Um, I've been trying to implement this in my life for a time now. But um, I'm reminded of my dad uh, about this. My dad, he, if, you, if you know him, he's, he's, uh, his, his, he owns a business. His, computer, his business is called A Computers. And uh, he is a computer technician in Rio Doso. He's been for the past 30 years. And uh, he works on computers and he fixes them and he, he, he's working on viruses. And, and for, for many hours of the day, he could be on the computer, staring at a computer for many, many hours. So the way that he doesn't unplug is he doesn't, right after from working, he doesn't go and watch a movie because he's been staring at a screen. He needs something else to unplug. So my dad loves changing into his work clothes, and he just likes being outside. Man, we have, we have loads of wood because he's just chopping away. He loves chopping wood. And he does it for fun. It's something that he really enjoys because it's away from the computer. And, and, and I, I've learned this from him. I'm like, wow, that is so cool that he does this. I mean, he, he likes to fix things just for fun. He likes to just work on the lawnmower or, or something. He, he, he wants to unplug from his work. And uh, I remember as kids, we, we would, uh, he would take us, uh, he would, we would all have bikes, and we would ride our bikes in town, and we would call these bike trips adventures. Let's go on an adventure today. And we would go on a bike trip all the way through the back roads of Rio Doso and the trees and the mountains. It was so beautiful. And I, I felt so rested and, and so replenished from that because we were just doing this as a family, but also doing this to get away from our house just for a little bit. And this is what it looks like practically to rest. Is you take a mental break from what you're doing. Napping, eating wonderful food, maybe going on a date with your spouse, or maybe that could even be going out to the movies or something. What you do, something to unplug, go swim, take a picnic. And you might be still arguing with me about this, and I want you to think this takes time to build. It takes advanced planning. Uh, it takes, you're trying to integrate a new way of living, and so that means you have to do all your chores before you can actually stop. So it does take many years to master this skill and many months, but start somewhere. Man, take an hour if, if, if it needs to, to, to settle in. Uh, take an hour on the weekend to just, I'm not going to do anything, but do something that I love. And this is a very biblical model, and we shouldn't feel guilty about it. The Israelites, they were enslaved by this rule. It was ingrained in them. It had to be a command for them. God had to command them to stop. Excuse me. Grab some water. (laughs) Um, So as we talked about Matthew chapter 11, about Jesus saying, take my yoke. This is the way that I want you to live. We have to accept it. We have to fall underneath the authority of Jesus if we are to follow him. So the next thing is number three. I know on your bulletins, it doesn't have a number three. And it's, uh, so put a number three there. And I don't want you to cross out we are able to. Because it's very true. If we don't do the first and the second, then we're not able to do the third. But in reality, I started thinking this is still a must. So the third one is we must delight. We must delight. So after God had finished the, the day, 
the six days of creating, he stepped back and he said, this is very good. This is very, what I just made, man, that's awesome. It's so good. And so what you do is as you're stopping, you step back. This is a great place to focus on your quality of life. So again, after finishing, this is, this is a day of celebration. Part of practicing the way of following Jesus, God invites us to celebrate with him, with all the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. God made us for him, and what better way is to stop and spend the day with him? That we are destined to marvel at the things that God has created. It's in our DNA to admire something, to admire the beautiful desert sunset that we have in Portales. To being in the mountains of Rio Doso or enjoying the rain when it does happen. I mean, how, we, we, really, we really take that seriously here. When it rains, how many of you guys go outside and just smell? Just smell the wonderful, that's, that's it right there. To practice admiration, the, the gifts that God has given us. Things, I mean, I, I talked about food. The gift of taste, man. Like, cook something awesome and fresh and, and something that you really enjoy eating. Go out to eat. We have Foodie Fridays, right? They have food trucks out here. Go buy some tacos. Enjoy them. And this is a day of emotional rest, the day of delight that God has given us. And these are activities that make us acknowledge the greatness of God, of who he is. All of you extroverts in here, if there are any in here, I think there are, actually. Um, go and be with people. God made us in community. He made us to be in relationship with people. Go and hang out with one another. Have a coffee date. This is something that God has, has done this. And, and to be honest, he, he's, he's given us this blessing. And this actually reminds me of a few weeks ago when our church did a Sunday cookout. I mean, I had a blast with y'all. We just, it was beautiful weather. There wasn't, the sun wasn't too bad, right? It was it's cloudy, but we had this cool breeze. We were out at City Park, beautiful trees, the grass. We had amazing food, those burgers and chips, and we had ice pops, and we were playing kickball and volleyball. We were just kicking back and talking. That was a day that we were delighting in the goodness and greatness of God. Amen? Oh, my goodness. I get so overwhelmed, and I started thinking about this a little bit more logically. I'm like, this God is basically telling us that we should have Thanksgiving every week. We should enjoy what we're doing, enjoy one another, have amazing food, and this is what it means to rest. So we must stop, we must rest, we must delight, and the fourth one is the most important one. This one makes it different than any other thing on this planet, any other religion or any other faith. This is a day that we remember. This is a day that we must remember who God is. So this is a day about our spiritual health, to worship, to ponder on God. This makes it different than any other meditation or Buddhism or Taoism, anything, because this is a day that we get to focus our life central around God, and this is the day that makes it holy, the day that is different than any other day of the week, to re recognize the goodness of God, to remember the truth of Jesus, the gospel, this doesn't really necessarily mean to pray all day or to study your Bible all day, but this means a day to contemplate and remember. It's a day of revelation, a day of rest. If you think about it, the first three, the, the stop, rest, and delight, are all other things. People, things that we must do, our work. But the fourth thing, 
to remember is a day about God. Intentionally seeking Him and looking towards Him. This is being with God and not necessarily doing things for God. Being with God. So if you, if you take this, this, we must remember, there's three subcategories. If you like practicality that I have implemented in my own life, I'm not really great at. But these three things is, if I must remember, I must remember the gospel. Remember the truth of Jesus. Why do I believe? The second thing is a self-reflection, a day of revelation. God, I'm going to self-reflect on my body, my mind, and my soul, my spirit. Lord, what is something that you can reveal to me? And the, the third and final thing from the subcategory of remembering is we must repent from our sin. And this is a day that I get to acknowledge who's in control. If you've gone through our discipleship series of, of the three circles, some of you guys may know this. But this is a day that you get to recognize that God is in the driver's seat of your life. That you intentionally take that time aside and say, God, you're in control. I'm going to let you drive. And again, some of y'all are, but David, but I don't know. I don't know about this. And, and I'm remembered of the, the story of Mary and Martha where where Martha's in the kitchen doing all these things, and, and Mary's at the feet of Jesus, and, 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 and Jesus says, Martha, uh, Mary's right where she should be. She's being with me. And, and this is, I, you, you kind of see the Sabbath kind of play out throughout Scripture. And um, sometimes it, it, is, it is hard to do, to try to integrate this in our life. So uh, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew, we're going to jump forward and see what Jesus has to say about this. What does Jesus have to say about this? Because I, I also feel like uh, this is a very controversial topic because a Sabbath, it's a very legalistic thing. We all often think of the Pharisees and it's so much legalism and we don't want nothing to do with legalism. We don't, but, but in the same time, this is what Jesus have to, has to say about the Sabbath. And he says this in Matthew chapter 11, starting on verse 27. He says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son has chosen to, to reveal to him. 28, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if, if you like, like me, you want to underline things, underline, come to me. Man, Jesus is saying, I have authority now. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. And this is the way that he has fulfilled this command in the Ten Commandments. Come to me. I am your rest. And then it says, all of you. God knows we all have limitations. Weary and burdened. How many of you are weary and heavy burdened? Just come to me. Take my yoke. This is, again, this is an equipment, a tool that God has given us to, to walk different than the rest of the world. To be rested and fully capable of leaning on him. Learn from me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And we often balance this, this, this verse kind of answers the, the, the side of legalism or laziness. And, and uh, legalism is, is basically a law, and it's not freedom. 
and laziness is taking advantage of the freedom, and it turns into neglect. But as you see here, Jesus is saying, take my yoke, take my equipment, my device. He's not saying, take the couch, right? He's, he's trying to say, be intentional with your rest. Don't just take a day off, but be intentional of stopping. So, again, this is a, a, a thing. So, I'm going to end off by, by uh, showing, because I'm taking up a lot of your time already, but I have this uh, graphic here. Uh, I hope you can see it. And it comes from the book, Emotionally Healthy Leader. And it talks about what is a secular rhythm of rest. And for some of us, for me, all I've done is I've worked, work, work so that I can have vacation. And I work, work, work so I can have the next vacation. And, and I keep going. So these are like markers for me so that I know when to stop working. And, uh, and even when I go on vacation, right, I, I got to spend some time with my, my siblings a few months ago. And I had a great time. It was a great day to reset. But the, the reality is when I came back from my vacation, I was still tired, right? Traveling, staying at somebody else's, you know, if you're getting a hotel and that mattress is just not comfortable, right? And you're around other people that you're not comfortable and it's not routine. And so the biblical model of Sabbath is, it looks like this. You rest, you work, you rest, you work. So all of a sudden, your work, you're not working for your rest, but your working comes from your rest. When you work from your rest, you're able to work a little bit more productively, better. You let to learn to live better and thrive. You're not surviving. You're not trying to survive to the next vacation. You're actually thriving because it's integrated in your life. So uh, the way I'm going to end this is by... Um, sharing with you a story of a 17-year-old that has wisdom on the Sabbath. And so it, it goes like this, uh, to quote, Every Saturday night at 6.30, my whole house is dark except for one small candle on the kitchen table. It casts a warm glow on the faces of those seated around my parents and my six younger siblings. And commonly, uh, two or three guests covers are pulled off enormous platters of food and the aromas fill the air with a cool breeze on a summer night. This is how my family welcomes the Sabbath, a weekly practice that we have done for about 10 years. It begins at 6 p.m. on Saturday and lasts on 6 p.m. on Sunday. It's so easy to get caught up in the mixed messages around us and we need time to slow down as a family and keep in mind that our lives are, are what our lives are really about. To practice Sabbath-keeping is a radical statement that we are not God, and we trust Him to hold the world together, even if we stop for one day. We turn off all phones and computers and refrain from watching TV. We replace them with activities that will build us up spiritually and bring us closer together as a family. This includes anything from playing the guitar and singing worship songs, or taking walks in the park, or appreciating the beauty of the autumn leaves to playing games and being silly. On Sunday morning, we work up early, rain or shine, pile into our 15-passenger van to make it to church by 9 a.m. Attending the church, attending church serves as a reminder that we are part of a larger body of believers who are seeking a common goal. Sabbath day is my favorite day of the week. If God chooses to give me a family someday, I would, would continue this practice. The Sabbath brings peace, love, and order to our home and family and benefits even further, end quote. 
the reality is if we rest well, we're able to be more relaxed, less uptight, more trusting in God's sovereignty, and more sober-minded. We are at peace. We're centered people, focused people. We're not working from our, our rest. We're not working for our rest, but we're working from our rest. We're able to produce more and live better and thrive. We're not just surviving, but we are thriving. So if we are to be blessed by God, by the Holy Spirit, we must have rhythms of rest. We must create them in, in our lives. And, and the conviction for me, and the conviction can be different for you, but God had been telling me, I don't want moments. I don't want moments. I want a day with you. And that has been my personal conviction in all of this. But whatever God is calling you to be, man, I, I encourage you to respond to it. And maybe you're in here this morning and, and you're thinking, man, I, I don't know what kind of rest you're talking about. I haven't really put my trust in Jesus. I've been the Egyptian, uh, I've been the Israelite enslaved by the Egyptians by sin and darkness and brokenness. And I need a savior to come and save me. And I want to enter this eternal rest of not working for my salvation, but putting my trust in Jesus. And if we are to follow Jesus, and if you're in here this morning and you've been following Jesus for a while, and hearing this maybe have inspired you to live a different way, I encourage you, follow Jesus in this way. Create rhythms of rest, a day to stop, to unplug, to delight, to remember who God is. Let us not work for our rest, but let us work from our rest. So this is my encouragement to you guys. As we sing uh, a song, let's pray. And, uh, and uh, let's, let's focus on this time to really devout ourselves, devote ourselves to creating rhythms of rest. So Father God, we, we just come before you. We want to stop in this moment. And, and Lord, we, we want to come to you and ask if you could help us create these rhythms of rest. Lord, I know that I often try to argue with you about this, that I have to do certain things. It has to still be done. And Lord, you encourage me, you remind me that it could be done in the six days. But on the seventh day, this is a day that, that you want me to dedicate my time for you. And Lord, just to sit in your stillness, to, to know you personally, Father, I pray that, that this may become a real thing in our life, to enjoy the, the blessings that you've given us, to remember the gospel, to live a different way of living, Father, than, than, than the world. And Lord, we, we want to thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.